You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. I won't be silenced, however. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a problem with this. We're not asking you to be silenced. We're asking for moderation. <laughs> I will no. not be moderated. <laughs> The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys, and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geeks Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the Geeks Watch. (laughs) This week, we are going to hit what is uh, our Week's Watch, what did we watch this week, and then we will get right into the fifth episode of WandaVision. Uh, a very special episode. That's what it's called. Uh, <laughs> I like the clarification. <laughs> <laughs> you have uh, me, Mitch. I'll be talking about my week's watch along with everybody else. We have Elizabeth. Hi. Jessica. Hello. Steven. That's me. <laughs> and John. Hello. <laughs> we make up your, your week... Your your geeks watch. So, let's get right into the weeks watch. L- Elizabeth, what did you watch this week? So I failed to watch anything but the one episode for Wandavision <laughs> um, because actually I'm going to take my time to plug another Geek Elite podcast. My free time this week went to the Love of Pages podcast and our current, well, our current reading a future. Uh, podcast by uh the, it's called the water dancer by Tanahasi Coates. Uh so it's an excellent book and hopefully you'll be able to jump on over and join us. It'll be in I believe this week. Next this week. Uh, this, for this, for this, this coming week. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, that was a lot of my time and Jessica and Steven are on that podcast with me. It's mm-hmm. it's a really fantastic read. It's a lot heavier than I think some of the other ones that we've done on that podcast, yeah. but it's just phenomenally well-written. The storytelling is fantastic, and I just can't, there's not enough, I can, there's so much, so many good things to say about it. So it is, mm-hmm. it's really fantastic. I always love it when I, I see... <laughs> Like I'm sure Tanasi Coates, you know, was doing stuff before writing comic books, but whenever I see a comic book writer's name like doing other things, I always get very excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and well and it was you and Stephen who first cuz I picked this book for Love of Pages, but Stephen recommended it. And I think it was I found it really amusing when it's cuz it's the first time where you've caught me reading the book for Love of Pages and you're like, "Oh, I know that author. 
obviously for very different reasons. Vastly different reasons. But yeah, no, it's it's been a really, really fantastic read. So everybody should come over and join us on Love of Pages, grab The Water Dancer by Tanahasi Coates and read along. Mm -hmm. It's well worth it. I believe it's still on sale as an audiobook right now also. For anyone who's a podcast listener, audiobooks are great. Don't get me wrong. Go listen to an awesome book. But I mean, finish this podcast first. And uh, rate, subscribe, and share. (laughs) (laughs) Either one of you have anything? Because we do have the other two members of Love of Pages. Or two three members. Like like you guys said, it's, it's still geeky. Like, dude writes comics and everything. And it's no spoiler. There's also some like ad- additional uh like fantasy elements to yeah this yeah one. yeah there's just a good a sprinkling of fantasy. fantasy yeah yeah it's mm-hmm. it's a gorgeous gorgeous book so gorgeous i'm in love with it <laughs> it does have a pretty cover yeah it does i do have it over there i mean writing wise it's gorgeous i think people should read it in high school like it needs to be recommended reading and stuff like that's where i'm at Love it. I think, honestly, I, I would agree. I think it, it gives that like necessary extra little bend to things uh, to, that still has like a historical basis. How long? Yeah. How long? Do you, how old do, does a book need to be? Do you do you all suspect for it becomes a required reading? Like because all the books that I did in high school were all at kinda, least fifty years old. Well, it kind of depends because also I know like John Green's *The Fault in Our Stars* became an option really? for reading. Yeah. Very like, quickly. Only, yeah. And it's like you have those optional ones. So it really depends on the curriculum and the teacher and the program. Like you can do basically any book you want as long as it's appropriate for high schoolers to read. We as could far also, as I am understanding. We could also have been reading older books just by the sheer amount of money it costs to buy a class set of books. Yeah, <laughs> that too. Like that is just- that is typically the, the thing. No, yeah, there isn't any there really isn't any time limit because I know that in especially when it comes to the younger grade levels, so your elementary and middle school, when teachers do novel sets, a lot of it depends. You know, they have their preferences. It's usually what can be connected to other parts of the curriculum. So does it cover something that's a required state standard for history or science? Mm-hmm. Does it give something along those lines? Does it provide a certain type of writing style that you can then have the kids, the students, utilize in the writing section of the curriculum? And yeah. what can you get grant money for? <laughs> mm-hmm. Love of Pages is now also adding a new host, as I've been told. So you should, with this new episode, you should definitely go and check out the new dynamic and the Mm -hmm. added member. It's a good one. I think it's a sleeker show, too. A sleeker? Oh, sleek. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. (laughs) A more sleek show. A more sleek show. Well, I was like, you said sleeker, and I thought sleeper. I was like, like a sleeper hit. Like, I don't no, know. no, no, it's right there, top of the charts. No sleeper thing about it. <laughs> All right, with uh, with that, Stephen, what is your week's watch? So this week, I watched not my usual first two to four episodes of a new series that I'll talk about. Um, I watched the entire series with Naima. Mm-hmm. Uh, we watched Two Weeks to Live on HBO Max. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, two weeks to live. I I had heard absolutely nothing about this. I'm assuming other people in this room, in some way, shape, or form, 
are were much more informed about this than I was. I no, don't think nope. I've actually heard of this. No. <laughs> what is this? It's so okay. It, it's it not good? just women. It stars Maisie Williams, and it came out like a year ago. What? what? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's. I don't know how it just like. I don't think uh, HBO Max has been around for two years or for a year. It, it said when when I looked it up, it said it was produced in some time a long time ago. Okay, so maybe HBO just picked it up or something. Maybe I don't know. Whatever the situation is, it's on HBO Max. It's it's like a year old, if not a little bit over a year, but it's pretty good. It's the it's the first season of what's clearly meant to be an ongoing thing, but could functionally be just one season if it wanted to be. That wouldn't be the end of things for it. Um, like it, people wouldn't have um, like a gap in storytelling with just seeing one season. Um, the whole the whole pitch for it though is Maisie Williams is a person who's kind of uh, been kept in this like sheltered home, told by her mom that the end of the world uh, is is nigh she can't go out anywhere um everyone out there is like up to no good kind of thing don't don't go out there we only go out there for supply runs and Maisie williams for whatever reason decides like no i'm gonna go do my thing she has this little journal of things that she's checking off a list of what she has for goals going into this new world and um one of those things is like involved with like meeting a boy because she has like pictures and stories of like her parents when they were together. So she wants to go do some of that stuff and they mix really well. This like more serious stuff that's in there and really freaking good. Like sometimes like it's supposed to lean into awkward, but it's just like realistically pointing out some of the tropes of different media stuff. Like there's a scene really early on that like I, I feel bad about spoiling a little bit where Maisie Williams like she she's entering the world where she seems kind of like she doesn't really know what's going on or anything kind of like kind of just naive and someone takes advantage of her someone else points this out she like throws a person like through a window kind of thing and then when uh, she leaves that place after having ordered a sandwich but not taking the sandwich the person comes out and is like you forgot your sandwich and. Um, she's like, I've had enough of pig because it's a ham sandwich. And she goes to put her, her sunglasses on and like roll up the window and just pokes herself in the eye. And she's like, ow, ah, uh, I this sandwich. I'm really hungry, please. Uh, it's it's really good. There's a lot of good comedic beats in there. It's it's a great series. I really enjoyed it. I think it's like eight it episodes. It looks like it was created for Sky, which I think is the it's BBC. UK version yeah. of HBO. Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, so was it you didn't watch the only the f- two to four episodes because it was so good you just needed to keep going or just it was so it was it wasn't a long run i mean it's it's not they're not super long episodes in the first place um they don't feel as short as one division episodes feel but um like it, it wasn't super long it was already on we turned on the tv the second day and i enjoyed it so i stayed around <laughs> I don't think I'm going back to the magicians, guys. Oh. <laughs> I mean, did you finish off the season? No. No. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, it, what you were describing uh, with this this one also reminded me of the Netflix series that came out, I think, two years ago called "I'm Not Okay with This." I don't know. If- oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Or a graphic novel. It must have been a graphic novel because the the young woman in that has has special powers. 
Mm. And you can have special powers in books too. Like it's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so limited. Can. <laughs> the the powers that they have, I, I would just, I would assume that they it'd be better in in picture form than in describing ah. form. Mm. I got so, you. I mean, yeah, yeah, you could definitely have powers in 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 books. I'm just saying it doesn't come off as well. Yeah, like there there was this one book I read a long time ago. There's this guy. He like um, they wanted to get across this like long body of water, and he just like pushed it apart and kind of made a path for them to walk through. What was that book? I mean, that huh? sounds interesting. <laughs> you know, it has a really it has many amazing. names, many, many names. Has, uh, the fan base though is a little iffy. <laughs> yeah, <it's> <laughs> and we lose fans. All right. <laughs> Steven's dying. <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay. no, that's on HBO Max. It was pretty good. HBO Max, got you. Uh, Jessica, what did you watch this week? Well, I am one of those people that needs sound when I go to sleep. So thankfully, my TV has like a sleep timer on it. So I just, you know, put the timer on and I watch something that I don't need to fully pay attention to or it's okay for me to fall asleep to. And I decided quite recently to go through all the old Marvel shows on Disney+. Plus. And I'm kind of sort of trying to do it chronological, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't know why. I was just like, well, actually, no, I saw Spider-Woman and I had never seen a Spider-Woman like this before. And it was like from 1978 and she has like, she can freaking fly. I was like, what is the Spider-Woman? It's like, she has all these awesome powers and I never heard of her before. It's Jessica Drew's Mm Spider-Woman. And so I watched... All of that, I liked it. It was definitely of its time. Like, there's a site. She's a reporter. That's her job. She owns like a like a magazine, and she she's got this guy that's a photographer that takes her everywhere in her helicopter jet thing. And but he he's just so misogynistic and always like, I've got this. Like, you can't do this. Like, what are you gonna do? This is a bad situation for a woman. And like whenever they get in those bad situations, like they're stuck on a raft about to go down a waterfall. She's like, Spider Woman could help this situation, <laughs> but I need to figure out how to change. And so her figuring out how to change is always like, oh, no. And she fell off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's like, Jessica, what happened? <laughs> and then she changes into Spider Woman, saves his ass, and then... He's like, but Spider-Woman, Jessica. And Spider-Woman's like, oh, I got her. <laughs> it's fine. It's just, It was just hilarious and just such a laugh. And I just, But I liked all her powers and I liked her like base character. So like, I would love to see a more modern version of this character. Like that's like she owns a magazine and she's no nonsense kind of thing. And she uses it to, you know, she's kind of like how Spider-Man takes photos of himself. Like, she goes to the story and she fixes the story, so she has the perfect version of the story for her magazine kind of thing. <laughs> With, I mean, she she was definitely, like, a lead character in the comics. Like, just a couple of years ago, she had, like, a whole big thing. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah? After, right during Secret yeah. Invasion. Right, Secret mm-hmm. Invasion, after Secret Invasion, she became super popular. Like, they, they really boosted her character after that. And one of the funny things in the comic books is, like, at one point, there's a... There's, I don't remember who wrote it or who drew it, but it's... Spider-Man is talking to her, and he, he's like, Oh, you're a Spider-themed uh, superhero, too? Like, do we get powers the same way? Do we have the same kind of powers? And she's like, No, it's just a theme. I have nothing to do with spiders. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, there is a famous cover from a couple of years ago by the artist Milo Minaro that got yeah. a lot of flack online Which, oh, because yeah. of the way she was posed on it. And, and he's basically built a career off just doing the one thing and being real crappy about it. I mean, he's real crappy about it, but you, can, you can't <laughs> sit there and tell me that Spider-Man doesn't do the exact same poses. Like, his ass is usually in the air, too. I get that one. I mean, but like in, in that situation, there's also like a like context is key. Yes, yeah, but, you're you're right. But I'm just saying, it's but a also spider. that pose is not <laughs> physically possible even for like a super flexible woman. I think is one of the things they also were like. That's this is like Rob Liefeld bad. Yeah, it. It's, I wouldn't say it's that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need to see this myself now. <laughs> Who is it? You could just Milo type in like, Spider Woman cover. It'll come yeah. up. It'll be yeah, the first one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I finished that season pretty quick, and now I'm on Spider Man and his amazing friends, and found another superheroine I like in Firestar. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, who are all these? <laughs> when you started saying cool. this, I really th- expected you to be like, yeah, no, and Quake is cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> I really thought that's you were going to go for the live action shows that were tied to the, the MCU stuff, not the classic cartoons. <laughs> no, like, I great, was like, great. ooh, classic cartoon. Well, because like the live action stuff, I'd feel like I'd have to actually pay attention to. Like Spider-Woman, I know I slept through probably one and a bunch of half episodes. <laughs> like, so, but it's okay because it's easy because it just, you know, every episode is its own in- individual episode. Like you don't mm-hmm. need to, it's really explained. Like one of my favorite things about old cartoons too, and that you don't get nowadays with even new cartoons is that like, just no explanation whatsoever to the background of the character. Like, this is the character. <laughs> Go. You get maybe a description of how they got their powers and, like, the theme song. And that's it. There you go. You're just in the world. And I, I mean, if it's, if it's not in the theme song, you're not going to get it in the show, usually. <laughs> it's yeah, true. usually. You're just like, what the crap? The entire like, pitch of the show Jim and the holograms is, like, right there with the greatest theme song ever. Yeah, yes. that's, that's true. Whereas, like, nowadays shows like Steven Universe and, like, other shows that I've been watching lately that I'm completely blanking on their title, Owl House and stuff, it has, like, a, like, it go from ep- one episode to another tells the whole story with through a whole season. And this is just, like, nope. I guess it's, like, sitcom cartoon. I don't know. It's just... Continuity. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm having fun. So I'll probably go through most of them. So since it's Marvel, I assume it's on Disney Plus. Yes, Disney Plus is where I'm watching these. And they have quite a bit too. I'm waiting to hear from you on the group chat where it says, "Why does the Fantastic Four have an R2D2?" <laughs> <laughs> There's so yeah, many Fantastic thing. Four ones too. There's like three of them, and because it has all of the Marvel cartoons, if you just go in, it's not oh. just like the old ones. They have. I can't wait to get to like the X Men ones I watched when. In like the nineties, like yeah, I remember I'm that. Sorry, that the X Men was interesting. <laughs> yeah, it, it was good, but man, that voice from Morph. <laughs> <laughs> the really sad part, Jessica, is that for at least probably a chunk of our listeners, the nineties were old cartoons. Yeah, or are. Old I mean, cartoons. yeah, it is still an old cartoon, <laughs> but like it's at least what I've watched of Marvel because I mainly watched DC shows when I was. Like a kid, because it was like Justice League. That's what was huge and popular. So I know DC heroes a lot more than Marvel heroes, I guess. Like, I didn't even know Spider-Man was Marvel. (laughs) I assumed he was DC. So I was like, oh, there's this whole other. (laughs) Okay. So, 
You know what used to throw me off was when I would watch Muppet Babies, and yes, I did that. Yeah, um, it doesn't. They would have the the Marvel logo at the end with that early CGI Spider Man. <laughs> I was like, "What does that have to do with this? And why don't we have a show that looks like that?" And this was like what eighty seven, eighty eight, maybe. Uh-huh. So I always thought that looked really badass, and wish that we had that. And yeah, it would just be a few more years, but I was like, <laughs> "Muppet Babies and Marvel, I don't see the connection here." <laughs> I mean, it, in twenty years, it would have been there. There's a connection. It's Disney <laughs> ahead of the time. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> That's so, that's so Disney was laying the Minus groundwork. Internet. Disney planted the seed. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to own this someday. Speaking of uh, DC Animated, there's the rumor going around that HBO Max is going to uh, do a sequel series for the animated Batman series. The wow. one from the 90s that we all, wow. all like. Are they going to call it Batman Before Beyond? Yeah, probably. <laughs> on, I want Batman Beyond, please. I'll just take more of that. I don't care about Taz that much anymore. <laughs> well, they wrapped up that story in uh, Justice League Unlimited, technically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's well, true. Which was pretty good. Terry's a clone. <laughs> yeah, a weird clone. Like, a weird way to do a clone. <laughs> a clone. <laughs> uh, okay. John, what did you watch this week? All right. So, real quick, just an anecdote. When she brought up Spider-Woman, I have to say that in the 80s, there was this Viewmaster toy called the, the Showbeam Projector. It looks like a lightsaber crossed with the wiffle bat, um, which if you look at it and if you ever did some slight painting to it, that would make a great sci-fi prop. Like that would be right in place with like Vagrant Queen. Um, <laughs> but the way that it worked is that instead of being a regular Viewmaster where you would look into it, it would project, literally project onto a wall or whatever. It put a flashlight in a Viewmaster. <laughs> yes. And it, it came with like little cartridges. And for some reason, the one that I got with it was Spider-Woman. It was like an episode of Spider-Woman. Um, I don't know. It was like maybe 10, 15 frames from that show, which if you played it fast enough, it looked just like you were watching, you know, the animated series with the frame rate that it was in. Um, and so that just really brought back some interesting memories of like just having this thing that I only had it for that specific cartridge. I mean, you could obviously buy more, but that's the only one I had. So I was like, oh, yeah, I had a close affinity with Spider-Woman back in the day and never realized that she wasn't actually affiliated with Spider-Man until many, many years later. But what I did want to talk about is a show that Mitch recommended to me, or rather, I guess, challenged me to watch, I want to say. (laughs) I mean, you challenged me. I just came up with something. Okay. Well, I'm so glad that you did because I fucking love this show now. <laughs> I figured you would. I figured so you would. The show, the show is called I'm Sorry, and it's produced and has a lot of people I really, really like. Jason Manzukis, um, one of the Jason Manzukis primarily. Uh, Tom Everett Scott, which I haven't seen since that thing you do. Really, I yeah. mean, I know he's done other things, but that's the only thing I've really like cared for him in. And um, so from there, I was like, wow, this is actually kind of my sense of humor. Like, it's got very party down the league uh, and a little bit of curb your enthusiasm in it, where it's kind of meta about the industry and, you know, the process of the creative process is part of it. And also what I think I really, really related to it was the awkwardness that sometimes comes with trying to be funny and not quite landing it. And that's essentially what I think the name of the show stems from is, you know, the the main character will say something, it doesn't hit, and she just kind of has to (laughs) backpedal. 
So uh, it's just this show just feels like it's really near and dear to my heart for many reasons. I love Jason Mantuka's. Right now, I'm not finished with the first season yet just because I've been busy. But I'm on an episode towards the end of the first season where it's literally a mini The League reunion. Yeah. Okay. Because you have uh, several. I mean, Jason Mansukas is already kind of a regular, but now you also have uh, Paul Shear and Nick Kroll uh, also do cameos. And there's a lot of people in it that I really like in general. It was just uh, really, really good. the The fact that the main character is also a mother with like a five year old and has to deal now with her kid picking up things that she says. Like, there's one episode <laughs> where, uh, well. I'll skip talking about it too much because I'm not completely finished with it, and I'll probably talk about it more when I finish season two. But I have to say, so far, my favorite episode from the first season is episode three, which I don't have the title in front of me. Just episode three would be good enough. Um, I love the relationship dynamic between Andrea Savage and Jason Mansukas, where they're obviously really close friends. But they're also really inappropriate with each other in an innocent kind of way. <laughs> and I feel that that's very similar to how I have a relationship with one of my best friends, too, that also happens to be female. We just can say the like raunchiest things to each other and like know exactly what context we're in at all times. Like it's It's just a really interesting dynamic. And so Andrea Savage is describing Jason Mansukas' personality as being... Uh, in, in the context of him trying to get into a relationship with a woman, he said, a woman trying to get with you is like Andy Dufresne trying to crawl through like 300 yards of sewage. <laughs> like you have to crawl through a lot of shit to get to like what is ultimately the real you or, you know, the mm. what the, the paradise underneath or whatever like that. And <laughs> I was like, you know, that feels like I've been told that in a less eloquent way in the past. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Deep down inside, you're really great, but you're really, really rough on the outside. <laughs> I was like, you know, I get that. But that's, you know, I just, when as soon as I saw that episode, like I was already in for the show, but there's like, okay, yeah, these people are speaking to me on a deeper level. <laughs> so I really, really like it, and I'm really, really glad that you recommended it, and I can't wait to finish it. It's only up to two seasons right now. It looks like this was originally on True TV, so uh, I hope TV that means it's... Or, yeah, I think it's either True TV or FX. Yeah, so I hope that there's, it's still in production, but I wouldn't be surprised if it isn't. I think that they are currently working on a third season, but uh, COVID has made that not a thing, so uh, I don't mm. know. Um I mean, yeah. there'd be so many great comedic opportunities for a show like this to deal with jokes about COVID. You know, oh, people yeah. not wearing the mask right, oh, you yeah. know, social distancing. All of that would fit perfectly in here. Yeah. So, yeah. Andrea Savage is, is is funny. She's a funny writer. She's a funny comedian, funny comedic actor. Act, yeah. And uh, I just really enjoy the 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 writing on that show. So I'm I'm glad that you are also enjoying it. Um, your yes. show that you suggested for me will will I'll probably talk about it next week when I finish both seasons that are out. Mm. I liked up the cover. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's um, it's not a great one, Mitch. And it's more like it's not the pose itself; it's the definition of the pose. 
But if you have one of Spider-Man that is just as sexually defined, like you could see all her like little dips in her hip and shit like, uh-huh. and her spine. Like if you can find one of Spider-Man like that, then maybe it's okay. But okay. no, that, that costume goes unnaturally yeah. deep into that butt crack. That's yeah, true. that is just that's like, like that's a heart. Gone. It's not even an ass. It's like a yeah, perfect heart. This, like, this, this is not a costume. This is body paint. <laughs> yeah. Like to be fair, you do kind of get that in the 78 go like her boobs are like really like these are boobs and like this is a hip so but i mean that's the 70s like <laughs> this cover came out what a few years ago you should know better like <laughs> <laughs> so john your show is on netflix currently uh but originally on true tv yeah uh for my week's watch i watched a movie that was touted as the movie that was going to uh, bring or that was going to be the first movie to come out during pandemic. Like this was a thing that they wanted to like just put out there and make sure that it was a thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody knew it's unhinged with Russell Crowe. Uh, this movie, it's not necessarily a bad movie, and you also get to see Russell Crowe in a villain role, but it's also not a great movie. Um, Russell Crowe has been. The like he's been a timeless villain. Yeah, no, like I, I remember. He, no, but he was a villain. He he was in Les Misérables. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. he doesn't watch that because I mean I did watch that one, but I did not like it. <laughs> what? I know. Surprising. <laughs> Although he probably liked it more than Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> oh. oh really <laughs> so uh in the mo- basically the movie starts off with uh you you see this single mother and she is late to work and late to taking her kid to school she gets on the freeway she gets off the freeway because it's backed up she gets to a stoplight and uh the car in front of her um is doesn't go when the light turns green so she keeps honking Still doesn't go, and she drives around him. She turns on turns on the street, and as she gets to the next street, it's another stoplight. Traffic is backed up, so that person pulls up next to her. It happens to be Russell Crowe's character. Russell Crowe's character is like most people give you a courtesy honk, and like her kid is in the back seat, and she doesn't even want to engage. But the kid rolls down his window <laughs> to find out what it is that the, that Russell Crowe is saying. Basically, from that point on. Because she doesn't say sorry, Russell Crowe now terrorizes her, her life. Uh, this is like my worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the movie literally starts off with him killing his ex-wife and her husband, like, and then burning their house down. Oh, so, good. So it's not oh, just with the car thing. Like, he did something else first. Yes, oh, okay. he's a he is okay. a very disturbed man, and and they they make sure that you understand that. And uh, from that point on, she, he just starts killing people in her life and. Uh, chasing her around the city in his co- in his truck, and it's like I said, it's not a good movie. It's not a great movie, but it it had some parts. <clears throat> it for this one, did he look like? Um, did does he did he look like in this movie like he has in recent interviews and everything where he looks like the founder of Valve? The founder of what? <laughs> Valve? Valve? Oh, uh, yes. But he even wore a uh, fat suit in this movie to make himself bigger. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. And and one of the things is, is like there's a lot of times when he like beats people to death with his hands. 
and yeah. his hands just look like giant hams. Like it sounds <laughs> like the the foley artist on this one did a great job of making like it sound a, like like a thick thick smack. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh but it is aptly titled Unhinged. Like the the character is just crazy and uh I did not expect it. I did not expect the performance from him for this. Like this could have gone to just about any stunt double uh, big dude, and they got Cr- Russell Crowe to give it a little bit more uh, cre- uh, not, um, gravitas. I, w- I was going to say gravitas, but that's not the word I was really looking for. It's um, not credit, but depth. not depth either. either sorry. Uh, anyways, his, his performance is actually uh, better than it needed to be. So to speak. Mm. So for yeah, for a movie that is essentially a a a uh, uh, slasher film, but with beating people to death, uh, <laughs> he, he he does a really good job. So take that as as you will. It's on, I believe, it is on VOD now because mm. I did not go see it in the theaters. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You did support your local theater. I did. I went and bought some popcorn because I like popcorn. So I walked in, grabbed some popcorn, and walked out. Yeah. Now, yeah. did you just get the popcorn, or did you go and use like the flavor shaker too? No, just the popcorn. Damn, <laughs> I would one hundred percent go over and just get so much on it. You know, you should, you should nonchalantly ask them too. It's like, oh, you guys don't have the double dusted flavor. <laughs> double dusted D- Dorito powder could go great on popcorn. I mean, Reach out, I, I don't see why not. You might, you might. I mean, they already the... used the cheddar, the Cheeto cheese powder already, so why not? Double and they have the yeah. ranch powder. Yeah, mm-hmm. come get me. Or American flavor, as they call it in Europe. Yeah, cool American, <laughs> cool American. <laughs> I just, I just picture a dude with the backwards cap and sunglasses on the, on the bag for cool American. <laughs> It's it's a picture of Poochie from The Simpsons. Yep, that would have been exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, okay, that is our week's watch. So if you had any questions on those, please reach out to us and we could talk about that. But we're going to get into WandaVision and we are probably, we're going to definitely spoil the crap out of this episode. So anybody that has yeah. not watched this episode yet, please go watch it and then come back and listen to what we I, have I'm, to say. I will say, I think... I think the internet took it slightly more chill on this one. There were still spoilers out there on the internet and everything, but I feel like it wasn't the, if you didn't watch it at 1 a.m., good luck. It wasn't that crazy of a free-for-all with this one this time. I Well, okay, with the spoilers, maybe not, but I felt like just about everybody I knew was on social media being like, oh my god! Like, you need to yeah, watch I mean, this that one's eternal, though. That, huh? like that, that's the thing now that's the that's oh. everyone has to go on the internet and make sure everyone knows i watched the thing yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's true. however i feel like i feel like i was really spoiled by this episode just from articles coming out like weeks before was it because of yeah, what, we'll what she said it. what she like, said she said that there was a cameo in it no not so much that it was just that Every every article. Well, I mean, I guess there's no. At this point, I hope you've already you you turned off if you hadn't seen it. Uh, I I just seen so many articles where the the cover picture was Evan Peters. Like it's like okay, so mm. it's what oh. everybody was speculating. Like it was already unless people already knew and they were just like dropping hints. Like even even uh, what was it? 
I think Kevin Smith's podcast was even talking about it like two weeks mm. ago. So it's just in what regard? How, how did like how do other people bring this up? Like very much in the in the in the way that uh, Evan Peters should show up as 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 Pietro because that would be the biggest weird thing because it's it's the X Men universe as opposed to just the MCU universe. Yeah, mm. I I get that. It makes sense. Yeah, I had to explain to my mother how that was both her brother and not her brother. <laughs> she was like, wait, that's her brother? And I was like, no, but it's not. But it is. And she's like, what? And I had to explain the, how X-Men they, was owned by so-and-so. And then Disney did this, but they tried to do this. But that's why WandaVision is why Wanda is not called Scarlet Witch mm-hmm. in the Avengers. Like, Quicksilver. Which they, which they made a point of in this episode. Yeah, they very yeah. much did. Which, yeah, they did. I, I do. They did. Like I, thinking about this one. Uh, well, two things in, in universe. They did the best possible explanation for like why it's a different Pietro. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two, the I was thinking about it when Wanda comes out in this moment. Uh, she was the figure that I thought looked like Mary Poppins carrying a bag. By the way, um, <laughs> that was yeah. that scene. Yeah, in the trailer before. Um, but yeah, for. For this, she comes out and she's wearing like her normal apparel with her yeah. like float like long, like long Floyd red jacket. I was thinking about the fact that she doesn't have a superhero name that's used in universe here. However, she has the most consistent costume. costume. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like everyone else, other than changes. No, oh, yeah. well, her costume changed yeah. in Ultron. Like her costume in Ultron changed from what she wore. When she was fighting with Ultron, and then when she became part of the team at the end, like it's two different outfits. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Yeah, yeah you're right. Well, that's the only time that changed. It might also be kind of meta, but I do believe that Tony Stark refers to her as a witch at one point, but that doesn't carry over anywhere mm-hmm. else. Yeah, but I think that's just that was just him saying like he says things about everybody. Like, right? I don't I don't know if he was necessarily commenting on her powers, but I I did like, like he calls. Thor point break shit like yeah, that exactly yeah. <laughs> or or Doctor Strange and his you know in in Wong as the magicians like instead of sorcerers wizards or wizards yeah, yeah that's right wizards. he calls them wizards wizards yeah because that was embarrassing me in front of the wizards yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying it's Tony Stark is a quipster yeah. Yes. I'm surprised. Actually, I'm saying Robert Downey Jr. is a quipster. Like Tony yeah. Stark has never been that way in the comic books. He got it by proxy. He has now. <laughs> yeah. And infused it. Um I did love the the little breakdown of Wanda during the uh like the sword meeting. Um because you get uh they added in the fact that she is a telepath and i don't think i've ever seen her or i've ever read in the books where she did like telepathic things like i get in this in the mcu like she makes people's dreams or come true or you know change their mindset and stuff like that but like to the point where it's just i read your thoughts i've never seen that i think like it's i think it's been a she has to apply it to use it yeah. You know, it's not like it's just ambiently happening. Like someone walks by her and she's like, "Yeah, my shoes do look nice. They were right." Like, like <laughs> it's, she's not just hearing like thoughts like Mel Gibson and what women want or anything. Um, <laughs> like, it's it's more of like something where she's reaching out to do this in any given time. Or, yeah, like, we've seen like, her like put hands on a head, you know? Right. Yeah, like it. It just seems like it's a different kind of 
telepathy where she just influences your mind and and she did that in this episode obviously when she made all those guards point their guns at the other dude instead yeah <laughs> who's like we'll just shoot it with a missile it'll be fine <laughs> like oh god i was i was like of course the stupid military white man's like uh kill it with a missile <laughs> like i was confused i've seen drones always worked i've seen drones and older drones that one didn't really look like it came from the 80s. No, no it did not. It, it did not. There's it's no way like, they, fa- they failed getting a military history expert for that one. Well, I, I mean, I this, just, is, this is the, the fake, you know, MCU history where Ho- Howard Stark probably made this fair. one and it was a little bit more advanced than the others, fair. you know, okay, kind of thing. That is fair. You could argue that. But I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, and then you have uh, Darcy or Doctor Lewis, you know, talking about uh, calling it the Hex, you know, because that's that's mm-hmm. a throwback to her original powers, and now it's well, everything has hexagons, and it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> like, I like the little was, like trying to tie it in stuff. That was beautiful the way that yeah, they that worked great. that in. Quick <laughs> side note: she got her coffee in this episode. She did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, so we, we, we come to find out that director or interim director uh, How- Hayward is a dick. Uh, he's definitely not a good guy. Uh, he's, he's called that one. Yeah, he's definitely <laughs> yeah. Throw, trying to throw Randall pa- or uh, Jimmy Woo under the bus, even with the just calling him Jimmy instead of Agent Woo. Like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Just not a good guy. Uh, getting back to the, the, to the missile, though, uh, with the drone. They purposely cut away from us seeing her take down the drone herself. I, I, and I don't know if anybody else felt this way, but I definitely feel like that someone else took it down and then put her up to taking it out there too. Like, I still think that she's under someone else's control. Oh, definitely. I have a theory. Okay, let's hear it. So they make a big point of showing us that anything that comes out of there comes out like changed permanently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have the jump rope example, you have the clothes that uh, Rambo was wearing, and um, when she comes out, she's wearing her Avengers gear, and she has her Sokovian accent back again, which is a little, mm-hmm. at first, confusing. Um, I think the version that we're seeing in the sitcom is not actually her, that the real Wanda is still somehow behind all of this, and this is all playing out for her in that environment. Mm-hmm. So someone is making her watch all of this somewhere else, or she is still the one that's in control of everything. That is a good question. I don't think she is the one. I think something or someone is causing her to, what is essentially making her use her powers for this to play out, essentially doing like what she can do, but to her. Okay. So that it's making her see all of this. And uh, that's why it seemed like when she was leaving that force field and then went back in, it looked like she had to use her powers to like open it back up and get back in. And something went weird because all of a sudden everything. I think she put it on kill mode. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's that's what it was too. I thought it was like, don't go in the (laughs) sphere anymore. Yeah. Now we're starting to see why they're using the color red so much because they're going to call her Scarlet Witch at some point here because of all the use of red. It's like, oh, that makes sense. 
I mean, they made a very big yeah. point of, of pointing out that she does not have mm-hmm. a secret secret name. And, no aliases. And and Pietro didn't have one either in Age of Ultron. No one called him Quicksilver. So Yeah, uh, and Quicks- that's where I had confused my mother was I called him Quicksilver and she was like, who? And I was like, oh, I guess it's Pietro in the MCU. But like, there you go. <laughs> I mean, you could have retroactively called them the Meat Shield. <laughs> oh. but uh yeah he i mean his the evan peters character in the x-men universe the fox x-men universe d- was called quicksilver so it's definitely a, a dynamic and, and we're going it on it on obviously leads into bringing in the x-men characters from the yeah from the mar uh the fox x-men universe into this world um the fact that i love that evan peters is doing his you know new york accent that we got from his days of future past and it, it fits right in with the his 80s look because that was his big thing <laughs> like in this 80s sitcom and mm-hmm. uh all of that but i did not i guess i didn't realize how short elizabeth olsen is because i know evan peters is tall and he was towering over her. <laughs> I just know Paul Bettany is super tall, so I just didn't put together that she is not tall. Yeah. She's definitely nope, she's tall. a little little. I, no. Oh, go ahead. I say I personally appreciated that Darcy called it a recast. Yes. She is very yeah. much all she us. She yeah, she is yeah. us. <laughs> she is the audience. Because I said that like five seconds before. <laughs> she did. I was like, oh, it's a recast. <laughs> Uh, I like how this show works on like on many levels where they're watching the show and commenting from their point of view and then we're watching the show and commenting from our side of it so like we know <laughs> another level or higher dimension of it and it gave me a slightly existential crisis I was like wait does that mean somebody's watching us watching them watching this and I was like yes. okay like well, the marble game at the end of Men in Black <laughs> <laughs> well it was yes. like it just keeps going and going you have your your phone and your webcam near you, so someone is watching you oh, while you watch yeah. it. <laughs> so my FBI agent's like, "Man, we're nothing like that." <laughs> He's like, "Jimmy Woo is not a good representation of us. This is not yeah. cool." Oh, I'm sorry. Although I feel but like he's a great trick. representation. Like I I personally appreciated the conversation with him and the interim director, where he where the interim director like cuts him off and like shrinks it like she you know she's the bad guy and he's like well that's an extreme oversimplification (laughs) (laughs) uh i i mean i i think the biggest thing that uh, the biggest thing other than than evan peter showing up as, as quicksilver i think you have to talk about the fact that agnes is the one that might be manipulating her or at least that's what we're being led to believe right now because absolutely we we did we did see more in here. She still doesn't have a driver's license attached to her dossier file thing. Nope. Yeah. yeah. We still have so. yet to see Ralph, whoever that, uh-huh. if, and if that ends up being like Mephisto, that'd be pretty cool. Um, but uh, she is there every time the kids uh, uh, age up, and she is also like pushing like. The first couple episodes are her pushing Wanda towards kids. Eventually, she gets kids. This episode is all pushing her towards something dying. And we think that, you know, it's all about bringing vision back to life. But when in actuality, it's she's trying to get Pietro back kind of thing. I don't know. Like, it's it's something about bringing the dead back. And that's what happened with that. The whole dog was brought in just to die and bring back somebody else. Well, 
the I wanted to comment on that. There's so much I want to talk about on this one. This I hope we don't go too long. Um, real quick, before I get to the actual point I wanted to make, I did want to bring up that we get another commercial in this episode. We did. Yeah. Very, very bluntly. <laughs> this one was obvious. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, for when you make an oopsie, you know, and yeah, the liquid that like, they, spilled, wow. they spilled was red, like totally <laughs> just blood everywhere. Like, yeah, referencing the uh, the explosion at the beginning of uh, Civil War. That's right. Um, so the trope of the very special episode, which is what this episode is called, is something that I do remember very vividly from the late 80s, early 90s, where you have just the one episode that has like some kind of traumatic event but mm-hmm. everything gets resolved within the episode and then you just move on and they don't even reference whatever it was i think one of the most famous ones was from the show that uh michael j fox was in i think it was family, family ties, ties which, which is, is very much viewing this episode was family yeah. ties that's the beginning of mm-hmm. the episode yeah and growing pains um but yeah so like that's... there was an episode of family ties where i think michael j fox's friend dies suddenly and unexpectedly and the whole episode michael j fox just has like a nervous breakdown and it was like a pretty serious episode usually it doesn't have quite as many laugh tracks in it and just like in this episode they they start playing usually it's still going and then the credits start moving without any music it's just like silent credits basically Mm -hmm. i love how they were basically following all of those tropes and this one obviously it was the kids learning about death because of their puppy but it's also like a much uh, more meta as the whole show has been so far as about how this is a very special one because it's also introducing uh, you know vision kind of having his own little breakdown and um there was some acting going on in this episode specifically from another character that's just been like a little side character for now named norm norm was yeah. great that actor oh, was amazing yeah. in that scene i i, I literally so wanted to point good. that out too yeah yeah, yeah and when when Vision said he was scared, I, I almost started crying. I was like, oh, my God. Like, the way he said it, I was just, like, stabbed in the heart. Like, oh. Like, it was just, and yeah, it was the acting in this episode. I mean, the show has been really good acting, and it's nice to just see, like, no, it is really good acting. This is them being <laughs> yeah. dramatic right here. Like, so. Yeah, when, when, when Paul Bettany's like, I don't have any memories before Westview. Like it is scary the way that he he turned on that, and it was it was great. And yeah, mm-hmm. the which the, we don't. We, this is not the end of the episode. Basically, he's like, "What are you doing? This isn't in. It doesn't end right here." Like it was great. That was great, and we get confirmation she's basically doing a weekend at Bernie's with his corpse. Yeah. <sighs> so about that. The we we see the footage, the security footage of her breaking into Sword and grabbing uh, Vision's dead body. We we find out from Agent Wu that like this was solely against um, uh, Vision's Vision's yeah will. Which I had a really hard time with their legal terms because what you do post death is not your living will; that's your last will and testament. Last will and testament. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. It, I mean, talk to a lawyer <laughs> once, at least. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the what is it that S.W.O.R.D. was doing with his body yeah. when, obviously, they weren't supposed to have it in the first place? And she even wanted to make reference to that mm-hmm. when he, she's talking. He's like, I'm not going to let anybody do anything with his body this time, like, kind of thing. I didn't remember what the exact mm-hmm. words were, but it was essentially that. Um, 
were they trying to recreate it? Like what 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 yeah. happened with Shuri? Yeah, he liked to say that he was like, yeah, we were doing what was, you know, he wanted. But, like, that whole scene did not look like they were doing what he no. wanted. Like, it yeah. looked like they were trying to rebuild him. That's what I thought. I was like, are they trying to get information from him? So, what, what like, if whatever, the next, dude. What if the next show that we get is actually just the six, the $6 million man? We can rebuild him. Make him stronger. <laughs> I mean, that's... they have the sound effect in there. <laughs> Yeah, that's the the greatest part of Vision is that you can rebuild him. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the- I'm gonna say no. They were using him to make waifu pillows. <laughs> <laughs> they were doing it just it's for Wanda too. They, they were just doing memorabilia. You set you you set it like you break apart the whole thing and you saw tiny little pieces, and like they're they're all numbered. Yeah, I like that. That's a good idea. <laughs> it's very Ferengi. I did have a question that I, that came up during the episode that I wondered if everybody else had any thoughts on it. Um, mm-hmm. There is yes. a scene when uh, Monica is talking about the events during the final battle scene with Thanos at in Endgame. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I want to know is like how do people know about what happened in that fight scene? Like the way she talked about it is as if she saw it. Cause she, oh, it was I, the when she was talking about uh, Scarlet Witch could have taken down Thanos all Thanos. by herself, yeah. Mm-hmm. But but something else happened yeah. and she got you know distracted. He did the blitz. Yeah. So, well, he did the blitz. He bombed on himself. Yeah, the blitz. That's right. Yeah. So how does, I don't know. I feel like a as an agent, she might have read the reports on what happened, and since there were people there that worked, I assumed work for Sword, some of the heroes at the time. So I'm sure they had to do reports on what they saw. So, so really maybe that's how they knew. I do also think it was probably just one of those meta moments where, you know, Disney or whoever writes this saw on Twitter how everybody was like, you know, she would have killed Thanos. Like, we all know she's the most powerful one. Um, it, like, Thanos had, like, it was a huge meme thing. Like, Thanos had to bomb himself to get Wanda off of him. Like, she could have killed him kind of thing. So I'm between, like, whether or not it was one of those just super meta, like, moments to go, yeah. That's what we were all saying, or if it was actually that she had read the report and was like, "Yeah, this girl's awesome," kind of thing. But <laughs> okay, well, which also theory. which also led to her having. I thought I felt like a very strange reaction to Wu mentioning Captain Marvel. Like, yeah, well, something else happened. Something. Do you think she holds some like ill will towards Carol? Like because her mom died and Carol didn't save her, kind of thing, and like she wasn't around, or I I don't know, like something well, is there something there? Well, we or, have no evidence. You, you made the statement that Monica might be getting powers based off her scans. That's true. We did. Yeah. We didn't talk about that yet. And I am wondering mm-hmm. if she blames. I'm wondering if her mother, in her mother's pursuit of protecting the world, may have done something to Monica while she was a child. Mm-hmm. To try and give her Carol's powers, and that has somehow uh, left her scarred. And she I don't may think blame it, Carol for that. Maybe. I don't think it would have been intentional with what you get from her character base from Captain Marvel. I don't think her mom would intentionally try to give her daughter powers, but I think in something that her mom is doing would accidentally give her daughter powers. If that makes any sense, like I mean, her mom could- is studying something and her daughter comes in or and there's an explosion or something like that like i don't think it would from what i know of the character so far i don't think it would be intentional she very much could have like created sword because she saw 
things were happening with her daughter. Like, yeah, the whole like we we immediately assume that she creates the word because she was friends with Carol Danvers and knows that there's there's a need for for this thing. But maybe it was more like uh, I need something in case my daughter, you know, needs help. Yeah, I need to like rewatch Captain Marvel. I think and think if there was a moment where Carol Danvers like used her power near what is her name Monique Monica, Monica? yeah Monica, and maybe that like because Captain Marvel didn't know the extent of her powers at the time in that movie. Like maybe she accidentally transferred some of it to her, not knowing. That, I mean, that's my way. assumption. Yeah, and so what, how she's gonna have powers? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. And we also have. All the way from nineteen mid nineties to Infinity War, from you know that could anything that could have happened with Carol and yeah. Monica. Like, mm-hmm. We know yeah. that Carol was mostly out in outer space helping uh, helping other races, but, but so was Sword. Sword might yeah. Well, because the conversation and whenever we first got introduced to Monica was she asked when she was going to go back up, mm-hmm. as if she yeah. had been, mm-hmm. as if there was already some form of space program that was operating under Sword. And instead go. of saying like, "Oh, you're going to be in the United States region," they say, "But you're going to be terrestrial region, mm-hmm. region, or something like." As in, you're going to stay on the planet, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Another thing was uh, the commercials. Since John brought it up earlier, uh, mm-hmm. since we know that there is a different feed that is being seen by uh, the people or us or you know uh, the people watching. Do you think that those commercials are being thrown in there to cover something else up that maybe we will eventually I, see? Like, I know that the, they're very meta and we're, we're getting like little pieces of, of like history and stuff from that, but that's just as the viewer. But maybe as the in uh, yeah. show viewer, is it could be covering something up? Yeah. I've always well, thought that it was her processing her worst memories. Okay. In the commercials. Yeah, maybe. But my mom noticed it. I didn't notice it. But after this commercial, the mailman that Wanda runs into, like right after the commercial, is the guy from the commercial. He's in a completely different costume, but she's oh. like, "Hey, that's the same guy." And I'm like, "Oh mm-hmm. yeah." So, and I, wonder, I don't know if it's like her brain on breaker, or, or yeah, if it's like she's dealing with the past because it just because that happened like right after she talked to Sword, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she was thinking, and they directly mentioned that to her. So. Well, like she's I, never gonna live down that one mistake that still technically saved some people. Like it really, it was an accident. But I always like hate that hate that she got for it because I'm like she literally did what she could do and she just couldn't do it to perfection. Like right, people were gonna die irregardless if she did nothing. She would have died, and Captain America would have died, and all the people around her would have died. She just couldn't curve it. Like well, when she in did actual, what she could. Yeah. in actuality, it was more Captain America's fault than anybody else's because he didn't. Yeah. He got distracted by the fact that. Uh, Crossbone said Bucky like he, he pulled yeah. the Martha on him <laughs> yeah, Martha. yeah. So really the whole situation was not her fault it was no. just I don't know it bugs me she just gets all the blame because oh she used to be on the bad side kind of thing which is what the stupid dick said too <laughs> I mean <laughs> like I'm just like, no, like she did what she could do, and it just ended up killing people. (laughs) For anyone out there marveling at Jess's descriptive powers for the the guy in this one, Jess is a writer. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes the simplest descriptions are what you need. (laughs) I wonder if the commercials are the few things that are actually Wanda. 
okay. that they're the they're where she gets to, where she breaks through whatever's controlling her and is trying to give clues to the outside world as to who's really at fault and what's really going on. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. interesting. Yeah I, yeah. I don't know. I've kind of like looked at it as just being her processing stuff. Like I said mm-hmm. earlier and because I mean the commercials of the time that you look away from the TV, you stop looking, but they're still there. Advertising is still happening behind you and still going mm-hmm. into you. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Anything else that anybody wanted to bring up? Any, any big, one, big parts of the episode? I don't think Wanda is the one that stole Vision's body. Okay. Yeah, one think, thing. And she I, did also openly say that she does not know how this started. She's going along with it because she's happy, but she does not know how it started. True. Yeah. I agree with this. I don't know if the Wanda that was out there with the accent was Wanda. Like I, like Ooh. I said, the, the, we do a, a very purposeful cutaway at that moment where it could have been anybody who grabbed the the drone brought it down and then changed her look or his look to look like wanda and then walked back in and then all of a sudden the wanda that we see in the show is back to being bubbly tv mom uh and they are mm-hmm. looking for the dog and the first person they walk up to is agnes like where the, agnes has the dog so well and yeah you know we never mentioned oh, go, ahead. go ahead i was gonna say in uh, terms of <laughs> you guys both to go ahead. Go ahead, Elizabeth. Okay. Um, you mentioned Agnes being the one and the push towards getting Wanda to bring somebody back from the dead. I think it is their whoever it is that's controlling her is trying to get her to actually bring Vision back as opposed to just mm-hmm. manipulating his body. Because when in the previous episode, when she sees him as still a corpse. I wonder if that's really how he is in this, but she's seeing mm-hmm. him as alive and they're basically trying to convince her to actually bring him back because she's the only one that can. Hmm. And they want to use him as a weapon. Okay. John? Uh, two things I wanted to bring up. One, we didn't not once touch up on the fact that Tommy and Billy aged twice in this episode. I mean, I, I brought it up a little bit, but it's okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I wasn't paying attention, probably. That's okay. Um, the other thing was that um, there's a YouTuber called Film Theory that has done – this was prior to this episode coming out, and he was updating it, he says, even up to the moment of like posting it um, with theories and information about the show where he doesn't believe – he says that we are being intentionally – Mm-hmm. Uh, guided to think that this is a Mephisto thing um, because of some of the other Easter eggs that they've dropped. Like he said, like if you turn the 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 commercial with the Toastmaster, whatever that that toaster from the first episode upside down, the logo becomes a six six six, and that one of the wallpaper designs in one of the early episodes, if you zoom in on it and also turn it upside down, it looks like a demon face. But he says that those I- are just Easter eggs that were being like led down that path because people like us would try to be like oh like this is the where they're going whatever blah 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 but then he went kind of meta about it and says no like we need to also appease the the chinese market and they don't go down for that kind of supernatural stuff so all of those are just easter eggs for the fans but it's not going to be mephisto um they're breaking chinese it down market does go for supernatural stuff to be clear Apparently, not as much, or there's been some mandates about certain things that Marvel has had to do in the past already. 
Um, mm. Like, for instance, not recognizing Tibet as a country. Yeah. You know, that's but that's, yeah. that's, not, that's not a supernatural a thing. It's very, it's very much a current, like, modern sociopolitical thing. But it's devil stuff. I'm, 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 I'm not trying to bring up, like, not, not trying to refute you. You're passing along someone else's message on this one. Right. I have done no research on this whatsoever. <laughs> um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, so he's saying that this is actually going to be, like, definitely some kind of exterior force, but it's mostly going to be Wanda that's going to be responsible for fracturing the dimensions. Because they also pointed out that Far From Home takes place sometime after um, the the uh, the blip. And that by the time they introduce the idea of um, Mysterio being from another dimension, that doesn't sound as far-fetched. Like, they pretty much go along with it. So one division is going to set that up here where we now have confirmation of multiple dimensions or crossing mm. over of parallel universes. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and, I mean, just the, the appearance of Evan Peters either either sets up the fact that there is multiple dimensions or at least whoever it is that's in control understands that there is multiple dimensions and has seen the other dimension like uh, or other dimensions because they would. How would you know about a Pietro that looks like Evan Peters unless it's completely meta. So, yeah. This reminds me of something I've kind of sort of read in some like witchcraft novels recently that how witches change reality is that they actually pull things from other dimensions into their dimension mm. kind of thing without intentionally. Mm. So like for uh Monica's outfit that was Felsbar, still Felsbar. Like she found the dimension in which those pants were made from Felsbar, like, and then she but, pulled it into being. Like, I've I've heard that from other novels, which I think is such an interesting way to explain how magic and illusion works. Is like, no, it does exist. It's just not in this dimension. I'm pulling it from that dimension to here, kind of thing. So, like, like that theory. I mean, yeah, that's kind of how I they like s- that theory. That's kind of how they set it up in in Doctor Strange, where like a lot of the people were getting their their magical powers from the dark dimension where Dumamu, Dumamu, Dormammu, Dormammu. yeah, was Dormammu. existence. Uh, so that's that's Dumammu. the whole thing. Mord- Mordred was like upset with, or Mordu was upset with. Yeah. So no, for this one, Mitch or Mitch, uh, John, I do agree. I I think that this is much more a Wanda thing than someone else's thing. Uh, I think someone else is helping to push her in the right direction in some ways, but yeah. I, I don't know if it's a whole Mephisto thing either. So though I, I will yeah. say that the whole six, six, six thing on the upside down face just makes me think of that. The video of that lady talking about the monster can. <laughs> no that's real i I looked that up nah. <laughs> uh, one, well one of the things that i don't think we ever talked about in this in in our show was that in the bewitched opening sequence when vision is going through the floor there is a the helmet of uh a character called the grim reaper in uh marvel comics which is the brother oh. the the villain brother to wonder man who wonder man is the basis of brainwaves for vision yes it's all a big weird cacophony of characters but the fact that it is the character of the grim reaper is something that i thought was interesting will will they throw that actually in there probably not it's probably just an easter egg for people who know the the comic book source what if we're just over overthinking this so much about mephisto or magics and stuff like that and what if it's just ultron what if there is a a version of ultron that was still out there in the internet or uh in a robot body that was able enough to put things together 
Like uh, there is a lot of well? science. I, I don't think they would because I don't think the movie did well enough. But it is a thing. It is it's a way for them to to uh, correct the 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 bad usage of, of Voltron. What if, in terms of the overthinking it, what if it's just Sword who's manipulating her? It's a possibility too. I mean, because in a lot of Ooh. the um, post End Game stuff, and in a lot of the TV shows, a lot of it's about rooting out. Um, corrupted portions of the good guys. So what if this follows the same suit and it's just sword? I mean, there's that's Hydra. I mean, Hydra or AIM. Like, we, we talked about how the Ractal suit got turned into a beehive, but that was just because they needed something that fit, but maybe it was yeah. a subconscious thing because that guy actually is a part of AIM, and, like, his his suit got turned into a beehive suit. So, bee collector suit. On that note, Elizabeth brought up a really good point. Uh, what if Sword wants Wanda to bring Vision back because they couldn't, and they figured only Wanda has the power to do something like that? That is fair. All very good hypothesis. <laughs> uh, anything else? And anything else anybody wanted to bring up? That would explain why that guy tried to just shoot her down to piss her off so that she could focus on that, and now nobody can get in there. True. I did want to mention um, something that kind of took me out of it a little bit, and that's my own fault because I'm dumb. Um, The scene where Vision gets agitated and then levitates, and then so does Wanda. uh, His hair was really bad. It was... (laughs) I mean, it was a low-budget kind of thing because it was obviously done practical and everything. Um, But for the serious moment that it was and I really appreciated their performance in it mm-hmm. I couldn't stop thinking of what we do in the shadows oh. yeah. when the yeah. vampires get mad at each other oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like hitsing at each other like I was like oh, oh. Like, it's just like I just ruined it for myself I think they should have moved the camera in that part and not had it just stick on the side and you just see him yeah. lift up like yeah it's, yeah that's what happens in actuality when they go to shoot the scenes where the dynamic crazy stuff is happening but the camera moves dynamically yeah and they did it they just both like you know like just got taller basically yeah. it looked a little it, lo- it looked a little goofy so it kind of undermined a little bit of the seriousness of that mm. scene but again that's just me bringing in the outer experience of it into it um but that was pretty much all I had. This was a fantastic episode. I really enjoyed it. It was a special episode. <laughs> very, special. Special. <laughs> very special episode. Very special. <laughs> uh, all right. If you have any theories that you'd like us to, to talk about, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geekly Media. Uh, Stephen, where can people find you online? You can find me all across social media as either Peppermint Gentleman or Peppermint Gent for short. Jessica? You can find me on Twitter as JM Bailey writes. John. You can find me on Twitter at Magic Bollocks. And Elizabeth. You can find me with the rest of Geek Elite Media at Geek Elite Media and our Facebook page forward slash Geek Elite Media. Uh, if you would like to listen to any of the archived episodes of this podcast or any podcast on our network, check out our website, geekleetmedia.com. We have a Patreon site, patreon.com slash geekleetmedia for all the bonus material you can only get if you're a patron. Then, if you are listening to this as a podcast, please rate and review us on whatever podcatcher you use 
so that we can help spread the word of our network. We are also now on Amazon Music, so you should definitely go and give us a follow there. <laughs> uh, but until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to... Geek out. Geek out. Out. <laughs> this concludes our broadcast. Beep.